0: Good morning. morning. A warm welcome this morning on this Trinity Sunday. We have a we've uh, switched up our service for the summer, although most familiar stuff. But our service will begin on the first page of your seasonal booklet. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
1: And blessed be His kingdom now and forever. Amen.
0: Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one. Have mercy
1: upon
0: us. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one
1: have mercy upon
0: us. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy immortal one.
1: Have mercy upon us.
0: The Lord be with you. And
1: also with you.
0: Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given to us your servants grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal trinity and in the power of your divine majesty to worship the unity Keep us steadfast in this faith and worship and bring us at last to see you in your one and eternal glory, O Father, who with the Son and the Holy Spirit live and reign, one God forever and ever.
1: Amen. The first reading is from Proverbs. Does not wisdom call and does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out, To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all that live. The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of long ago. Ages ago I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped before the hills, I was brought forth. When he had not yet made earths and fields, or the world's first bits of soil, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master worker. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the human race. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks you, God. <clears throat> Let's read together Psalm 8 found in your booklet. O Lord, o Lord our governor, how exalted is your name in all the world. Out of the mouths of infants and children, your majesty is praised above the heavens. You have set up a stronghold against your adversaries to quell the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your leaders, the moon and the stars and have their horses, what is man that you, you should be mindful of him?
0: The Son of Man that you should seek him
1: out. You have made him a little lower than the angels. You adorn him with glory and honor. You give him the mastery over the works of your hands. You put all things under his feet, all the sheep and oxen, even the wild beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever walks in the path of the sea. O Lord, our governor, how How exalted is your name in all the world. Our second reading is from Paul's letter to the Romans. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. Not only that, but we... But we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according
0: to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you." The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise, Praise to you, Lord
0: Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Today we have a change of season, liturgically, as well as probably in the real sense, but we are in that time that is often known as the season after Pentecost, which is sort of uh, no man's land of liturgical seasons. And in that first season we have today, Trinity Sunday. Today is a day that the church remembers that the God is Trinity, that God is Trinity. This is kind of a funny day because it is what we call a concept commemoration. Uh, So this is kind of like the idea of Good Shepherd Sunday or Christ the King Sunday, where we don't really remember an event, you know, like the Nativity that we celebrate at Christmas or the Resurrection that we celebrate at Easter, nor do we remember a person like St. John the Divine, or St. Matthew, or St. whomever, but rather we remember a theological idea, so it's kind of a bit of an abstract Sunday, if you will, or as my preaching professor liked to refer to today as National Bad Sermon Sunday. But i got to tell you, I'm already pretty good at those without a special day. St. Paul said in today's reading in the letter to the Romans, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. Speaking of things that feel a little bit abstract, without any context, this verse may not make a whole lot of sense other than we might say, well, okay, justified by faith, that's all well and good. But there's something going on here in the background that's pretty important. St. Paul uh, was writing this letter to an early Christian community in Rome. And it seems to have happened that originally this was a Christian community primarily made up of Jews that had been living in Rome. Remember, the Roman Empire was... Vast and diverse, and once the the empire kind of swallowed up your region, you could just kind of move about wherever you wanted within the empire, just like living in any country. Well, so there were, of course, Jews living in Rome, and in that Jewish community, uh, Christianity began to take hold. And then, after Christianity began to take hold, Gentiles started joining them. So now you had all these non Jews who were worshiping alongside Jews in this Christian community in Rome, and then something happened. Year 8041, Emperor Claudius expelled the Jews out of Rome, leaving only a small group of faithful Gentile converts. That might, in some ways, I think that could be a little bit reflective of our post-COVID time, where we feel like, what has happened to the Church that we knew and it's all of a sudden, now we're kind of left going, well, what next? And that's probably exactly what these early Gentile converts were going. Well, we, we lost the foundation of our group, and we're just here wandering about on our own. So this goes back a bit. Uh, one chapter, St. Paul talks about Abraham's faith, and saying that all Christians, regardless of birth, are justified by the same faith, which is why he then says we are justified by faith. And then he goes on to say, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. Now, as Christians we tend to think, well, boasting is not a good thing. Uh, we have a faith that values humility. We look at some of the greatest Christians in history and we know them for their humility. So. Paul is not saying here that we should be proud of ourselves because of our own actions. Pat myself on the back, look at me, I'm such a good Christian. But what he is saying is that this small group of folks left to be the small Christian presence in what was the biggest city in the world, Rome at this point had a million people. And that was like immeasurable percentage of the entire human population global population, this tiny little group in the biggest city in the world, and he's telling them they could feel confident that they share in salvation just as much as those who first brought faith to that city. That's a pretty powerful message, but he goes on and he says, and not only that, but we boast in our sufferings. This may be also kind of a funny thing to say. you ever met anybody who seems almost proud of everything bad that has ever happened to them, like this is all that they ever talk about? <clears throat> number of years ago, I visited a parishioner, obviously not a parish, in the hospital, and I walk in, and I actually will have to admit this was the last time I ever talked to this person before he passed on, but... I walked in and I said, well, how are you doing today? And he said, well, I have cancer in three places. I'm diabetic. You can see that on my legs, I'm getting these spots, but I also have gout. I have congestive heart failure. And right now I can't really stand up. And he said, and then he says to me, he looks at me and he says, without the smallest tinge of irony, but other than that, I'm the model of perfect health. Uh huh. Well, you know, I guess it's always good to be an optimist. In our own context, or in any context, in the human life, we know that suffering is a normal part of life. Uh, you know, there's that old quote about one thing the about this world is we never get out alive, right? We've all experienced some hardship in life. Now that's not to say, I can't always say why bad things happen or what is the meaning behind suffering, other than we do know that God took on our human form to suffer and God walks alongside us, whether we realize it or not. But we do know it's just part of life. And and because it is a part of life, I think if we get to this kind of pinnacle of this short passage where Paul says suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Isn't that wonderful? Because you might ask, well, what about this? Well, suffering, what about that? Suffering, it produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Always makes me think of my dad saying, well, it builds character. Character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Hope is something that always keeps us going. Hope is a light in the darkness, knowing that no matter how bad things get, there is always light. Something to strive for and a way to heal. In our own church context, I'd say this is a very hopeful church, a very hopeful community. I've been very proud of you, and I hope I say that enough. Because one thing I can say about this church is I see some—I see a community that really leans into God's grace and shows faith in the face of challenges. And as St. Paul says, hope does not disappoint us. And why? Why? Because we have the love of God in our hearts. And in that same hope... All of you have been bold enough to share your wisdom with each other. Wisdom is kind of a funny thing. We heard about wisdom in Proverbs. Wisdom, by the way, in Greek uh, is the word Sophia, which is, yes, where we get the name Sophia. If you ever go, if anybody has ever been to Istanbul, there's that giant uh, mosque, which at one point was uh, a cathedral that was the center of the Orthodox Christian faith and its name was Hagia Sophia, Holy Wisdom. Uh, There's also, by the way, a monastery in Madison by the same name. Um, But wisdom is interesting because in the Orthodox tradition, wisdom is a manifestation of Christ. And so Proverbs says, does not wisdom call and does not wisdom And does not understanding raise her voice? Does not wisdom call? Does not Christ call? It's reminding us that Christ has been at work in the world from the beginning. As Proverbs also says, ages ago I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. Getting back to this being Trinity Sunday, Thinking about that relationship among those three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it is the most pure and perfect expression of love that these three persons have as they interweave among one another. But you know what? The most amazing thing is about how, and it is one of the most amazing things about how Christians understand God. God's most basic nature is that perfect expression of love And as St. Paul says, that love is in us. And Proverbs reminds us, And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the human race. That love is in us. So when times seem at their darkest, know that we also have this perfect love, a love that strengthens us, brings us hope, and does not disappoint us. Amen.
1: Thank you for joining the St. John the Divine
0: podcast. If you're interested in worshiping with us, You can visit us at 9 a.m. at our church, which is at 216 East Chandler Boulevard in Burlington, Wisconsin. If you want to learn more about us, you can click the link in the description or visit stjohnthedivine.org. Just
1: remember, we're the one in Burlington, Wisconsin, not the cathedral in New York. Have a great day. Bye.